With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and happy Friday to all of you and yours. It's all in the morning. It's Common Sense Radio. And oh yeah, we have a ton on the plate for you, including Dinesh D'Souza, who's going to be joining me in just about an hour or so to talk about his movie Police State and also talk about the police state that is currently harassing him over his movie Police State. So we got we got a lot going on there, and uh, this is Common Sense Radio on this fancy Friday. All right, so Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, you guys listen to him and them here at 104.9 The Patriot uh, during the daytime after my show, and they interviewed President Trump, and Clay Travis asked him uh, about a potential running mate if President Trump winds up getting the nomination, and here's how it went down. Would you consider Tucker Carlson on your VP list? I want to give you a hypothetical here. You're a big sports fan. You know, like, Nick Saban's going to retire at some point, and if you talk to the athletic director at Alabama, he would say he has a list. So... Would Tucker Carlson be on your list of potential VPs? And how many names might be on that list as you sit and look and survey the political field? Well, first of all, you know, I did my first, uh, you could call it counter-programming, but I, I won't call it that. But uh, Tucker wanted to do an interview during the first debate. And I think you know, because this is what your business is, we broke every record. Monster audience. In history, yeah. I think it just hit over 300 million people. But it was for that evening over 207 million. It then got to 275 within a day or two. And the biggest ever was Oprah's interview with Michael Jackson, which was <laughs> 125 million. This is, it's pretty crazy though when you think about those numbers. And, and when, you, when you think about, you know, Tucker and Donald Trump beating or, or coming close to the numbers of Oprah and Michael Jackson. I mean, when you think about it that way, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I think people, it's so interesting how, and I'll I'll get back to them because I I don't want to kind of interrupt myself here, essentially, but but I don't think people understand the allure and the power of President Trump. I think, I think in an effort to, understand it i don't think there's really much of an effort to understand it it's an outright just simply rejection of all things trump which really doesn't really doesn't work it's kind of like you know the analogy i would bring is me keeping my pool open it's i'll close it next week but it is in the in the off chance that fall will never come and that it will never snow and there will never be a winter well, I can keep my pool open through January, but I'm not going to swim in it. It's it's, it's going to be full of leaves, and it's going to maybe even freeze. And fall and winter are coming. 
So I, I could keep my pool open, but it, the, but the fall and winter are, are going to come. I can't avoid it. So, so what do I do? Do I go out and, and curse the angle of the sun? Hey, you used to be way up in the sky there, and now you're down here. By the way, I keep track of those kind of things because I'm outside all the time, and I love it. But, hey, you you know, I, I can't go out and yell at the wind and, and yell at the sun's angle and, and yell at the temperature, the weather guy. But the, but that's what people do with President Trump. It's like they they ignore either ignore his existence or they actively fight it uh, and, and and fight the inevitability and and that's what's going on right now with him it's like they 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 just get into a situation where they keep trashing him and and, and every and nothing in the news media the news media is never fair to president trump i mean i and i mean never I mean, obviously, when it's not actively embedded with a terrorist organization on the way to a massacre. And, and by the way, speaking of that, and I don't want to go all over the map here. I have no doubt that somebody in the news media knew the massacre was coming. They had that they had they had a heads up. It was happening. They had to have. The New York Times, CNN, these others who had the embedded reporter with the hand grenade on the back of a motorcycle heading that morning to a kibbutz where a massacre was going to take place, they damn well knew this was coming. Somebody knew. Somebody knew. So anyway, uh, but but that but they they, they will constantly just. Pretend that Trump doesn't exist, and I mean, and 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 his ratings were monster. As he talks about in this interview with uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, he it is nothing short of Oprah and Michael Jackson, and and you can't make that up. You can't avoid it. You can't pretend it doesn't happen, and 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 it's continually confounding to people. The level of support he has, but you can do all you want and say all you want, but it's not going to go away. Wait a minute, he's under indictment in four different states. But you know, uh, you know, and and you can you can you can you know, Chris Sununu and Neil Cavuto can flirt with each other all day long about how Trump can't win and Trump at this and blah blah blah. But but the fact of the matter is, he can, and everybody knows it. The numbers are there. Tucker Carlson on your VP list. I want to give you a hypothetical here. You're a big sports fan. You know, like Nick Saban's going to retire at some point. And if you talk to the athletic director at Alabama, he would say he has a list. So would Tucker Carlson be on your list of potential VPs? And how many names might be on that list as you sit and look and survey the political field? Well, first of all, you know, I did my first, uh, you could call it counter-programming, but I, I won't call it that. But uh, Tucker wanted to do an interview during the first debate. And I think you know, because this is what your business is, we broke every record 
monster audience. Yeah. In history, yeah. I think it just hit over 300 million people. But it was for that evening over 207 million. It then got to 275 within a day or two. And the biggest ever was Oprah's interview with Michael Jackson, which was 125 million. So we almost doubled it. Now, who would have thought that was going to happen? The debate, the last debate they had, had the lowest audience in the history of presidential debates. I don't know if you know it. And I think the one tonight is not, it's on tonight. And yeah. I don't even well, talk about it. Would you consider it's, it's Tucker, though, that they, based on the. I like Tucker a lot. I guess I would. I think I'd say I would because he's got great common sense. You know, when they say that you guys are conservative or I'm conservative, it's not that we're conservative. We have common sense. We want to have safe borders. We want to have a wall because walls work. You know what when I used to say about walls? I'd say wheels and walls. Everything changes. Uh, the computer that you have in front of you in about a month from now will be totally obsolete. Right now you have the finest equipment in the world. And in about a month from now, that equipment will be obsolete. The only two things for centuries that's not obsolete are wheels and walls, right? <laughs> so, Pretty good. No, when you think about yeah. it, right? A yeah. wheels, a wheel will always be a wheel. It's never going to change. And a wall will always be a wall. And, it'll and walls work. All work. The time. No, no, walls work. Remember when they were saying they were walls saying don't, don't work? work. Yeah. And Remember walls? Oh, yeah. Joe Biden's got a wall at his beach house, by the way. Yeah, and he does. And by the way, uh, there are a lot of other walls. Nancy Pelosi has a wall also. And if she didn't have a wall, of course, it didn't work that well yeah. with respect to the husband. But, you know, <laughs> generally speaking, it would work. Well, it, so so that that was great. I mean, that was a great exchange. And uh, Clay did a really nice job talking to him about that. And, uh, you know, it really is. I've never heard that analogy before. Uh, it, but it's brilliant. And, you know, President Trump said the two things that, that remain always a thing. He said, your computer can change and do all this. I said, but, but wheels and walls remain a thing and will never change in their utilitarian uses, uh, wheels and walls. They're always guaranteed. That's pretty brilliant. I've never heard that before, uh, and th that's, a, that's a big deal. So, again... You know, I don't know about the Trump Carlson thing, I, but but you, as you as you noted too, in that interview, President Trump talks about something really important that we need to consider, and that I considered back as at twenty years ago when I coined the phrase "common sense radio." in In two thousand five, when I called it "common sense radio." And my show, Common Sense Radio, I did so with a specific purpose because I wasn't Republican radio. I wasn't even, for that matter, obviously Democrat radio. I wasn't Republican radio. I was Common Sense Radio and still am. And, and, and that's why when you, when you look at it and you talk to people, President Trump's position is perfect in that sense that he goes, I don't know whether you can call it conservative or not. We don't really know what that is. I still don't know really what a conservative is. People keep telling us what a conservative is. You know, and usually it's, it's, it's either to attack you or to say somehow you're deficient in your thought process. But common sense really is what it's all about. So 20 years ago, when I, when I invented the phrase common sense radio, 
20 years ago. I knew that the thought process of Americans wasn't in a necessarily a political structure. All you had to do was talk to people. But it wasn't in a political structure. It was it was in the 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 way we think about things. And if you if you talk about it that way, it makes all kinds of sense. And maybe we need a little bit more common sense and less of the political nonsense, which is is totally unidentifiable. We know what common sense is. Your thoughts on that are welcome. 314-556-6104. It's Common Sense Radio. Good morning, everybody. It is Common Sense Radio, and I'm proud to have invented the phrase 20 years ago. And I think that's where we're at. So I was on my way to my mom's 95th birthday party uh, last night. I took an Uber because I don't, you know, you know me. And so I was in my car with uh, Lamonte. He and, a, he and I had a wonderful discussion together. Uh, he doesn't, he, he didn't know me from Adam Newby from TV, that kind of thing. But we, but that, that was at the end of the, of the ride. So, cause, cause he finally kind of looked me, looked at me, uh, because we, you know, you, the rear view mirror thing, everything else. And so we, uh, we talked all about the political and media structure. And how both of these entities so ill serve, uh, the common sense American. Uh, they, 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 they have nothing in common with us. Uh, they, they love creating chaos between us. They love m- making us fight each other. They love making us need them politically and in the, in the media, but they don't help us. They don't really technically do anything for us. They're good at raising money. They're, they're, they're good at throwing red meat and making us all chase after it. But they're not actually productive and constructive. Laura, line two, how are you doing this morning? Thanks for calling the show. I'm doing great. Um, Jamie, you, you hit the nail on the head with the common sense. Um, a lot of people have common I'm, A lot of people have common sense. And there's a there's a small, I guess a small number that don't really have it. <laughs> it I believe innate in a personality. Um, here's the thing about about common sense: the people with common sense are really busy trying to keep their head above water, working and um, paying their bills and doing their thing. Because people with common sense know that if they don't pay their bills, you know, you're going to sink. And you're not going to have the, the type of life that you want. Um, and I think the media takes advantage of that because the, the people with, with the uh, common sense on the edge or, or not a whole lot of common sense, they're really not working. And they're sitting at home watching CNN and MSNBC. And they're not listening to podcasts. And they're not listening to the Patriots. And I just want to give a little plug for this podcast that I'm doing. And it's not really... Right or left, it's like a right in the middle, and it's uh, Mike Baker, uh, the President's Daily Brief. Um, I think they have it on Spotify and on uh, um, the. Uh, uh, I don't. I, yeah. So uh, I'm sorry, Laura. You yeah. said you said you're doing it. Are you on it, or is that just what you listen to? 
No, I listen to it on okay. the way to work along with listening to you. It's like yeah. a little brief thing. I've got a 45-minute to hour drive every yeah. day to work. <laughs> well, th- thanks for thanks for uh, contributing and put, putting your time towards the show. And that sounds like a good podcast. I mean, let's put it this way. I know that you, uh, by trade, are a nurse, and, and you've worked in emergency rooms and things yeah. like that. But you, you also have not – you don't turn on the news or you don't uh, – Seek out like the like the po- political structure, the media structure doesn't tell you how to live, right? I mean, dude, I have to balance it. Yeah, it's got to have a balance. And if I'm going to turn on channel two, four, five, or listen to a regular radio other than some like you or or the other, you know, the other right wing one, then I'm not going to get anything balanced. I'm just going to be all lopsided and stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, but but you, but our survival kind of has always depended on certain thought processes and and common sense skills, and it just seems like it's so weird how we're guided so powerfully by two entities that don't ever seem to have common sense. Uh, the political structure and the media yeah. structure—it's weird. Common sense is is difficult to um, foster for some odd reason, and I believe it's more difficult uh, every year because of the fact that it's so easy to just turn on regular TV and, and sit there like an idiot and not have to think about it. But you really have to think to go, oh, am I really getting the truth? Um, I don't think so. I really don't think I am. You know, it's like Ramaswamy said in the, uh, in the uh, debate that you talked about. Dude, why does nobody think about these things? Why do we have a liberals moderating our debate, interrupting people who are trying to, you know, this is what the, the United States cares about. This is what our 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 patriots care about. They care about the, the things that, that these people want to talk, they, they have talking points, and all they're doing is interrupting them, just like the president. Oh, do you work for Russia? Yeah, right. Where are you, lady? Yeah. Well, you know, Laura, it's it's interesting. Yesterday, I was I was curious about this because, uh, you you like for instance, the five on uh, Fox is the, uh, is one of the most is the most popular cable show uh, on television, and I and I know why. But 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 if you looked throughout the day and and cer- certain people going on the new you know being interviewed uh, and their takeaway from the debate was like, oh well, clearly Nikki Haley won that debate. And, you know, I thought Chris Christie really stood out well. I'm not going, wait a minute, what debate are you watching? And then suddenly <laughs> the five comes on and all of them are like, Ramaswamy absolutely killed it. And and now you know yeah. that, that all these other people are on, on the news are all pushing some kind of agenda. They, they, they really aren't looking at anything practically because they don't want to. Uh, and, and so it's kind of like, like I said, you know, with Trump doubling up the audience with Tucker Carlson that Oprah had with Michael Jackson. I mean, they, they can keep denying reality all they want, but reality is coming. Uh, and, yeah. and maybe, maybe they just get used to it. But, yeah, it's, it's so weird because because everybody thought Ramaswamy, most of us all thought Ramaswamy killed him uh, Dude, Wednesday. Ramaswamy stuck out. Because he said what everybody was thinking. He said what everybody should have been thinking anyway. And he, he was like, which one of these is not like the other? Yeah. 
I mean, exactly. And and actually, Nikki Haley, her resp- calling him scum, you knew actually at that point, you, it confirmed that he was right. Because yeah. it, it, it created, it, it made her go right down into the gutter uh, uh, because wow. of her desperation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so... i got to be honest. Yeah. I no. did not watch the debate until you start talking about it because I'm too busy. And um, I went ahead and looked it up and ended up watching it while I was in the gym at work. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people I heard from just didn't even bother with it. But I thought it was good for the purposes of exposition. I think Ramaswamy, aside from just the horse race aspect, which I don't care about as much, but just the content was what was great. And the fact that he just absolutely pulled the pants down of the moderators, which was really refreshing, you know. He is, he is very smart. Very, yeah. very smart. Right on. All right, Laura. Well, uh, happy trails, and, and thanks for sharing your ears uh, with this show and uh, and the other podcasts. What's it called again, Mike Baker? It's called uh, The President's Daily Brief, and it's Mike Baker. I think he's a Navy SEAL or something. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'll, ch- I'll, ch- I'll check that out. There's a pl- we, we need as yeah. much as many voices as we can for common yeah, sense. Yeah. All right, Is dear. It, um, what it, yeah, thank you very much. Okay, uh, good. Uh, have a safe rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Will do. All right. Uh, Speaking of the media and basically accompanying Hamas, uh, that's the breaking news this morning. I'm going to talk to uh, Molly Manning. She wrote a book called War of Words, How America's GI Journalists Battled Censorship and Propaganda to Help Win World War II. That's all straight ahead. Brother Bob, I'll tackle your call a little bit, man. I know you're going to the... Have Bible Bowl travel boxing match tonight, so we're going to follow up with that a little bit with the, the great brother Bob in just a while. The all-new 104.9 The Patriot News Update. Northern Gaza is under heavy bombardment by Israeli forces who claim to be targeting Hamas militants. Four hospitals were reportedly bombed overnight, resulting in what appears to be multiple casualties. The Hamas Health Ministry says one of the targets was a hospital where thousands of displaced Palestinians have been sheltering. Less than 7 million people watched the third Republican presidential primary debate on Wednesday. More from Brian Shook. NBC News' broadcast of the debate garnered roughly 6.8 million viewers. Wednesday's audience was down from the 9 million people who watched the debate last month and the 12.8 million that watched the first debate on Fox News. The fourth Republican primary debate will be held on December 6th in Alabama. In NBA action, the Atlanta Hawks let pass the Orlando Magic 121-19 in Mexico City as Atlanta won its first ever game in Mexico. I'm Michael Kastner. Now from the Morrison Plumbing, Heating, Air, and Electrical Traffic Center. There is good news. They did clear that accident on westbound I-44 just before Big Bend. All lanes are open now. There's no delays. You do have a stalled vehicle in the left lane on westbound 70 approaching Bryan Road. Also, road construction in the left lane on eastbound 44 after Williams Road. Traffic is slow from Highway 109. 
I'm Tim Wyland. That's your total traffic on 104.9 The Patriot. This report is sponsored by Blindster.com. Hi, I'm Kyle at Blindster.com, and I sell custom blinds designed for do-it-yourselfers. Unlike stock blinds offered at big box retailers, Blindster blinds are custom-made for your windows, and shipping is free. Don't hire an expensive pro. Do it yourself and say big at Blindster.com. Del Wamsley and the Wealth Cycle. This is the wealth cycle that I've taught for 30 years. Buy one house, 10 houses, an apartment, two apartments, 20, 500 units, 1,000 units, 2,000, 5,000 units. And as you keep putting the money and the profits back in, you become one of those rich people and much quicker than you'd even believe. Learn Dell's wealth cycle at GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. Use promo code 2023. Save 60%. Code 2023. GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. For more information about contests on 104.9 The Patriot, go to 104.9ThePatriot.com slash rules. Pure Talk, America's wireless company, is on a mission to alleviate $10 million in military debt by Veterans Day, but they're going to need your help. Now, Pure Talk will donate a percentage of every new order to this great cause. When you make the switch, they make it simple, fast, and easy to their super-fast 5G network. Talk, text, plenty of data now, only at 20 bucks a month. Do it right now. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword save now. Make the switch to Pure Talk and you can help a military member in need. Looking for top-notch personal protection? The Smith & Wesson Equalizer is here to level the playing field. Easy to rack slide, easy to control ergonomic grip. It's designed for you. With a 10, 13, and 15 round magazine included, size up for better control or size down for easier concealment. Don't miss out on the opportunity to upgrade your safety. Visit your local dealer now. To learn more about the Equalizer, visit smith-wesson.com. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. All capacity sizes may not be available in your jurisdiction. Be sure to check your local laws and regulations. Alcohol and drug addiction is an epidemic that destroys lives and families. Conquering the addiction takes a team of counselors, families, and loved ones. Harris House has comprehensive treatment options at both our South St. Louis and Town & Country facilities. Harris House treatment is covered by most insurance, is affordable, and it works. Let us help. Call us at 314-631-4299 or find us on the web at harrishouse.org iHeart Podcast update this week on your free iHeartRadio app. In Trust, Rachel Adams Heard discusses the Osage Nation and its story and changes throughout the years. The Big Take. Host Wes Kosova talks to Bloomberg journalists around the world, experts, and the people at the center of the news to help you understand what's happening. Crash Course. Every week, Crash Course explores the lessons to be learned when creativity and ambition collide with competition and power. Hear these podcasts and more on your free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the all-new 104.9 The Patriot Real Talk. Good morning and happy fancy Friday to all of you. It's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here, privileged to be with you. And golly, the the media and the scrutiny of it couldn't be at a higher level than now as we get word about uh, the controversy over some embedded uh, stringers, as they call them, freelance reporters who apparently were with Hamas when they were engaged in this massacre, this atrocity. And so there's a lot of questions, ethical questions and beyond. And so we're, we're talking about that this morning, but there's also another aspect of our information age. It's really super fascinating and indeed captivating. There's a new book out, uh, by uh, the New York Times bestselling author, Molly Manning. 
And it's called The War of Words, How America's GI Journalists Battled Censorship and Propaganda to Help Win World War II. This book is, I hope it's on your Christmas list, and it should be, because for, for anybody who's interested in history and interested in such beautiful, amazing uh, stories, anecdotal stories about how our soldiers, through their journals and through their writings, uh, were exercising free speech in a way that you might not ever see again. Uh, Molly Manning is on the on the phone with me now, and uh, the the author of this uh, of this book, "The War of Words: How America's GI Journalists Battled Censorship and Propaganda to Help Win World War II. So, so Molly, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. So, you know, you, you tell the story uh, about, because, you know, I never realized, because we see all forms of propaganda now, especially in the wake of what happened on October 7th. I mean, man, it, it is indeed a war of, of, of propaganda. Uh, and the, I didn't realize that our American soldiers in World War II were having to fight propaganda as well as the enemy. Exactly. Um, it's a really interesting story because, um, and we see it today, um, it's a really effective strategy, actually, to attack people's minds by giving them misinformation and falsehoods and trying to get them to believe whatever message you want them to believe um, and how people really need information in order to combat those lies and to understand what the truth actually is. And so during World War II, uh, when troops went overseas, they were bombarded by propaganda leaflets, um, all sorts of misinformation, sometimes on the radio, sometimes in newspapers. Um, and they had to figure out how to dismantle those, those lies. And so they actually ended up producing their own newspapers to report exactly what was happening on the ground where they were. And then they circulated these newspapers so people could be informed about what the truth actually was. So you said there were uh, there were multitudes of different kinds of publications at, at that time. I didn't I didn't know that at all. Right, like everyone's heard of Stars and Stripes because that's a newspaper yeah. that exists today. But in World War II, there were over four thousand six hundred different newspapers. They were published sometimes just for a few hundred guys, sometimes for a whole division, so thousands of people. Um, but it gave troops the opportunity to say exactly what they were doing. Um, you know, so if they were um, mechanics <laughs> working on airplanes someplace in the Pacific, they could write about what their lives were like being mechanics. Um, and so it's these really personal stories. It gives you these little slices of the war that uh, I don't think any history books really touch on. Um, but these are also really heartfelt uh Papers, you know, if if they lost a buddy during combat, uh, troops would honor their friend by publishing something that that dignified the sacrifice that they ultimately gave. Um, and so, these newspapers, there's parts that will make you laugh. They're very humorous sometimes. They have great cartoons, and then there's parts that can make you tear up because um, you know war was a very personal thing for the troops who were fighting it. Wow. You know, it's almost like as you tell this story and, and you tell uh, you're conveying what many of these soldiers wrote and did. It's almost like when you see a colorized film uh, of mm -hmm. World War Two, because because uh, in, in history, you know, our as we're brought up, 
World War II is always kind of black and white. There's, there's really there's there's no color to it necessarily. You don't you don't see really yeah. the humanity of 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 the war and its effort and what the, our soldiers were up against as you do in this book, The War of Words. And I'm sure as you research this, you you were were, were combing over of these 4600 different publications. I'm sure it was I'm sure you, you there's another volume probably on the way. It could be, you know, so it's amazing. Yeah, easily. I mean, there's so many stories to be told. I'd really tried to find ones that were representative of as many people as possible. Um, but, you know, this is really a slice of history that we've forgotten. And I love the analogy that you made to colorized, you know, movies or, or films. Um, I, I try to make the war come alive. Uh, by telling these stories and showing what the average GI was going through. Well, and also one of the real critical parts of the subhead of the book is uh, to help win World War II. So uh, in in many ways, as you point out in the book, there these writings and these testimonies and stories and things right down to the cartoons actually helped greatly with morale, correct? They did. Um, morale was always a problem. Um, and this was an opportunity for troops to, you know, kind of champion themselves and say, like, look what we have done. You know, we, we made these advances or, um, something else that they really love to do is, you know, this was a, this was a war for four freedoms. And one of those freedoms was freedom of expression everywhere in the world. Um, and across Europe, um, any place occupied by the Nazis, the Nazis took over the newspapers of that local region and wouldn't let them print free information. And so as American troops moved through Europe, they actually liberated these printing plants and gave them back to civilians. So civilians could practice freedom of expression once again. Wow. Uh, this is this is incredible. I mean, and, and you also point out that uh, this, uh, I, I, at least I'm, I'm getting the impression, that this doesn't happen now. Or and and or, and, and the, or maybe World War Two was the last time we ever saw this kind of exercising of this kind of freedom and journaling and everything else. Yeah, um, I think that you know part of my motivation in writing this book was to remind people of how important it is to get access to news that's that's accurate and objective. Um, you know, something that I think is really moving about this story with World War Two is that as troops returned home on transport ships, many of them published one final newspaper. And a lot of these newspapers had this theme of, all right, we fought for democracy. Um, we've, we've, you know, retained that form of government. We won this war. But if we want to keep peace, we have to keep informed. Uh, and after the war, you know, newspaper subscriptions and periodical subscriptions skyrocketed. And I think that's because troops came home with a hunger for information and facts. Yeah, that is incredible. Uh, real quickly, just to just to fast forward to the modern day, I think uh, it was. I'm sure you looked at, with interest at the one story coming out of this <clears throat> situation in Israel and the massacre is that ho the hospital bombing, and it was so interesting mm -hmm. how there were ten different versions of what that was. Uh, and, and nobody could really pinpoint who was telling the truth and who wasn't telling the truth. And uh, that must you must have looked at that situation with a great deal of interest after all this. 
It is really interesting. And I mean, sometimes inconsistencies can be explained because people are seeing something from different vantage points. So it looks different from where they're standing. But then you also have to wonder, you know, do people have certain motivations and reporting things in a certain way? You know, are they trying to influence how people are looking at this incredibly important world event? Yeah, uh, very interesting. So I, I will I will tell you that I, and and I, I guess I'm I'm interested in how you came across like how this came onto your view how how did you hear about this or what what got you onto this incredible story? Um, I was actually speaking with a World War II veteran, um, and he told me that one of the most important things he had read while he was at war was um, this newspaper that was published by his unit. And I had, I had no idea what he was talking about. I had done a lot of research on World War II up to that point, and I never heard of unit newspapers. And then I did some digging, and I realized almost every unit in the military had their own newspaper, and I thought that was just incredible. Um, and the more digging I did, the more I realized this is a story that we need to remember and that needs to be preserved. Um, and so I became... Uh, so motivated to be the person to do that um, because I was worried that otherwise it would just be lost to time. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as if it's just an amalgamation of all these voices uh, from the grave, essentially. I mean, these all these individual, very personal stories that make these people who otherwise would just be passed into history come alive again, which is really incredible. The War of Words, How America's G.I. Journalists Battled censorship and propaganda to help win World War II. There's uh, a blurb here that says this book should be required reading for students of history and journalism. I totally agree. Uh, I don't think we pay attention enough, uh, not only to the facts about our history, but the people who made it. And congratulations mm -hmm. on, on, on making that, especially as we go into Veterans Day here. But, wow, what a tremendous Christmas gift or just a gift to anybody you love the War of Words. So, uh, Molly, thank you very much for uh, spending your time here. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Uh, that is uh, Molly Manning. The book is called The War of Words. I mean, this is really amazing. I mean, this is, I, 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 I can't, you know, I, like, I'll just tell you my own personal point of view regarding World War II. When we learn about it, it's always, you know, in a book, uh, history book or whatever, and and sometimes you know if we have the chance we watch a documentary, what have you, uh, but rarely do we see the personal stories uh, of of the people you know and, and like what they had for dinner, uh, or you know or or thoughts about a a lost fellow soldier or what have you, and, and that's just really incredible, and I, I hope that there's some of this going on still. Uh, in in modern day as well, I will tell you that I, I that considering all the losses that we had in World War II, I'm not quite sure that given our current media structure, we would have ever won World War II if the current media was around now. Uh, because uh, I, I don't know whether you've ever heard of the, the there's a movie called A Bridge Too Far, which is one of my favorite war movies. Uh, and it was with all the usual guys in it, you know, you had the Hardy Krugers and all those people who were, who, you know, were in it. And it was about one of the most monumental World War II failures. And, they, but there were a lot of them. 
and and and, uh, and the way the media scrutinizes things and 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 uh, and looks at things, they would have they would have they would have Hitler would 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 have still survived everything. Uh, Nazi Germany, we'd never would have won the war if the current media was around. Uh, picking apart every little thing uh, and every little failure. Uh, and we would not have the Americans would not have had the stomach to withstand the the, the horror of the losses of World War II. And I'm not saying you have to you need to keep everything secret and cover everything up and do that kind of thing. Uh, but keep in mind the Vietnam War went in a different direction once it got onto television, which. Maybe it was a good thing. Maybe it was a bad thing. It was a it was a wrong headed endeavor as it is, uh, but still, it it helped speed the ruination uh, and 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 the, and the loss there of that war, and also helped tarnish uh, the images of our brave men and women who fought in Vietnam, who are still having to. F- recover from that to this day. St. Louis has a new home for real talk. Jamie Allman, Glenn Beck, Clay Travis, and Buck Sexton, and Sean Hannity. The all-new 104.9 The Patriot. There is good news. They did clear that accident on westbound I-44 just before Big Bend. All lanes are open now. There's no delays. You do have a stalled vehicle in the left lane on westbound 70 approaching Bryan Road. Also, road construction in the left lane on eastbound 44 after Williams Road. Traffic is slow from Highway 109. I'm Tim Wyland. That's your total traffic on 104.9 The Patriot. This report is sponsored by Blindster.com. Hi, I'm Kyle at Blindster.com. If you're like many people, you may think custom blinds is a job for expensive professionals. Well, at Blindster, if you have a tape measure and a screwdriver, you can install our custom blinds and save big. Plus, we guarantee they'll fit. Blindster.com. Hey, people, don't be fooled by this notion. This is like, you know, kind of old think about how, well, you know, we don't want to put the house on the market. We got to wait till spring when people are shopping. And, and believe me, when it comes to the Walner home selling team, there are no, there are really, there's not a bad time to sell a home. I mean, they're selling homes within 24 hours, getting contracts on homes within 24 hours in the dead of winter. Because it really doesn't matter when somebody really wants to buy a house, they don't care what the temperature is. And so there's a list of buyers ready to go. So when you try to sell your home and you need to, you need to get out of your home for some reason or another, uh, they will get it taken care of from you. And if sometimes people sell because it's a burden or whatever, or they need to downsize, what have you, they can get this job done for you really, really easy with the lowest commission rate you're going to find anywhere in the land and the highest price for your home you're going to find. 314-810-SOLD. Good morning this morning. It's Common Sense Radio, and uh, Brother Bob is... Going to a boxing match tonight at Have Bible Will Travel. Brother Bob, how are you, my friend? It was so great to see you at the service at Have Bible Will Travel there at the Westport uh, Complex. Uh, it was great to see you and Mayor Margaret and worship with you, pray with you, and just be with you, Brother Bob. Well, it was also my honor, <clears throat> after listening to Pastor Pat, 
Mayor Margaret and I and Sister Sherry, she was not able to make it, but both of them go to the Catholic Church early morning mass. Uh, so, so uh, Mayor Margaret said, Brother Bob, we'll be with you. We're going out there. And I'll go to the evening mass. And we really enjoyed it. And the congregation, the people just so friendly. And afterwards, Sister Anna, who handled, I think, the outreach for them, took us on a tour of the facility. I saw the professional boxer ring, my brother. Yeah. And I started boxing in the fifth grade in the South. I grew up in Mississippi, but we also went to church in the fifth grade. Um, Joe Lewis, one of Joe Lewis' sparring partner, Mr. Cox, a short man, was the first black man we had and in, in ever seen in five, you know, up to the fifth grade. And that really helped to change my life along with that spiritual moral value. And that's what I think would come a sense that we can get our people, especially young people, to the spiritual and moral value. We're going to be okay, I, I think. But uh, the third life is not working too good. And uh, I was out last night, uh, had a chance to meet the brother, Mike Woods, who's a former professional writer, a good friend to Devin Alexander here. And uh, it was so good to see them. They were sitting up and we were talking. And one thing that struck me, what he said, Pastor Pat had, when they first started the boxing program, the first fight, he recruited nine people that came into the ring with him to join the church. And that, you know, Jesus sent the disciples out among the people, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying with Pastor Pat. He's the real deal, Mayor Margaret and I really think. Oh, yeah. And then, I'm telling you, and it, it was so good to hear Rocket Sidman yesterday, man. Yeah. you know, back in the day, you know, we came along with that. And, and you know, the peace movement, and we had so many other things going on. And uh, even today, man, I'm very upset with the political prisoners there in the gulag. Oh, yeah. Washington, man. Right on. And, uh, and I think Donald Trump, and uh, if he don't get elected president, brother, I see America falling like the Roman Empire. Look at Solomon Gomorrah. Oh, yeah. And I, and hey, I brother Bob, that, I'm with you, man. I, I got to go because I got Dinesh D'Souza coming up, but but okay, I, I appreciate you. We, we, we need to Father Tom set up the Father Tom Support Committee. Contact Brother Bob, <laughs> 314-398-5478. 314-398-5478. Wait, the Father Tom Support Committee, huh? I love that. Hey, yes, by the sir. by the way, uh, we got that from that's from uh, Harry Parker, beautiful wife Erica, yeah. and, and the women over there. Uh, October seventh with uh, Margaret and I. Then we went down to Washington Park, you know, Washington, Missouri, with the commanders and the people there. And, and let's do it. Oh, so you were you were at Gulf Shores Restaurant and Grill too, huh? Yeah, we did both of them. Matt Morgan and I, Sister Sherry. We got others now that are listening, and and and, and we're going to be coordinating transportation because we got to do our Christian duties and then and support almost common sense radio yeah. family. I'm telling you, they are so political, stupid. They, 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 they will, they will come out. They, they will support the, the sponsors and the, the advertisers. Hey, man, let's do this. Hey, Thank you so much. You know what, though? You know what? Next time it, next time it happens and you get together, you, you, you can invite me. You know. Yes, sir. Yes, I, I don't sir. know why people don't invite me to these things, but they can ask me to go. Well, well we go when, 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 when you say. <laughs> we, we we get there. And I I'm know. telling you, man, uh, tonight's going to be fantastic. Uh, 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 people, come on out yeah. now. 
Hell Bible will travel there at yeah. Westport Plaza. At 1745, Craig Roll, and hey, man, let's do it. I'll be at ringside, and thank you. One quick mention, too. I know it's Veterans, as we get into Veterans Day weekend, you know, I was, yes, last sir. time I was in Arlington uh, uh, National Cemetery, I was wandering around, and what did I see but Joe Lewis's grave, my friend. Oh, man. Yeah. Joe Lewis oh, is buried awesome. in Arlington National Cemetery. All right, I got to go, brother. He, he was a Republican. No, he was a Republican, too. So yeah. well, Dr. King. I know. All right. Yes, sir. Okay. Right. <laughs> that is uh, Brother Bob. You need a uh, need a chart to follow him, but he's awesome, let me tell you. <laughs> it's Common Sense Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.